0: Episode 13 Oh, sorry to interrupt, Dorian said. I've just got my next activity, but keep going. Clive's earlier outburst had only tempered Dorian's exuberance momentarily, but he nevertheless decided it would be prudent to keep it toned down for the time being, for fear of another seismic outburst. No, tell me, what is it? Are you sure you don't mind? Well, okay, it's going to be epic, literally. I've got this scroll I bought at the Renaissance Fair and this quill and ink and I've been looking for the right use for them and now I've found it. I'm going to spend a day wandering around the town to get a feel for things and then I'm going to write an epic poem on our dependence on electricity and the collapse of our way of life. It'll keep me going for a week. Unless I get inspired and write it in twenty four hours by candlelight. Clive sighed. You see, he addressed the world in general. How does he do it? I'm not as dependent on my phone as all you are on yours, Dorian said. Come off it, said Bruce. You use your phone and the gaming stations and the internet as much as any of us. Yes, I did. And only now am I beginning to realise what opportunities I was wasting. How does that answer what I said? Bruce asked. He is right, it doesn't. Alfred said. Clive opened his mouth to sense the ref, but Martin, sitting next to him, preempted him with a gentle nudge of his elbow. He's not doing it on purpose. I bet he doesn't even realise it. He's just being Alfred, or ultra-rational. He said softly, so Alfred would not hear. Dorian shrugged. But it does. We spend the same amount of time on the phone, or like gaming, or Whatever. But for me, it was like a distraction from what I should be doing, from what the universe is calling me to do. I did it in spite of who I am and what I want to do. You did it because of it. You keep wishing you had your phones. I see you, reaching for them and looking all restless and fidgety. It was a distraction for all of us, Martin said. Was it? Look at Bruce and Clive in particular. But all of you, really. Look at them. Do they think it's a distraction? I don't think they do. It's like an extension of them. Their connection with the outside world is mediated by a piece of technology. No wonder they don't know what to do with themselves. They all looked at Bruce and Clive, who looked at each other. Sure enough. Neither of them could completely agree with Dorian's assessment of phones as distractions. It was visible in their faces. The partial agreement, the fond thoughts, the longing. Dorian pointed straight at one, then the other, with uncharacteristic seriousness and sharpness. Now that's why I'm having such a great time and you aren't, he said. There's your answer, Clive. Who would have thought that Dorian would be the one to find the most constructive attitude? Alfred said. But he's right. We are all far too attached to a world that only electricity can provide. Remember our conversation about teenagers just now, Martin? That's the world we live in. Power, phone and internet dependence. But Dorian less so, Martin said. Or at any rate less deeply. Alfred said. So what are you saying? That he could just snap out of it? Bruce asked. In a way, yes, Martin said. I think that's what he's saying, right, Dorian? I suppose so, yes, Dorian said. Clive had been looking at Dorian narrowly since Dorian's revelation and now he spoke. I don't think that's it, though. Yes, there's something to it, but that alone won't do it. No, no, there's more. The way you have been cheerfully painting or pulling pranks or singing or building, while for all we know the world is falling apart. There's something up there, and it certainly isn't just positive energy or whatever the hell you think it is. I tell you, man, I just listen to the universe and don't let myself be worried. That does not explain this unnatural cheerfulness the last few days. You must be the only person in town who has not complained about things the past week. Clive's right, Chris said. Remember how when Bruce told him that I defended my shop, he thought I should have just let the looters empty it? Or how he would have eaten about a third of our tins in one sitting, without caring if we ran out? Remember that, Martin?' Clive said. True, I had quite forgotten. Now that you mention it, he did not seem put out that he missed his chance to have food from the fridge for the last time either. Martin said. Really, chaps, you're reading too much into this. I'm just rediscovering myself, like I said. Who cares about food or supplies when you're just so aligned to the universe? Clive ignored this. He had not paused his narrow look at Dorian, and now he leant forward, jabbed his finger twice in Dorian's direction and leant back. Got it! Another, greater jab. You don't care. That's what it is. Society could be falling apart, for all we know, and you just don't care. In fact, I bet you even enjoy it. I think you're onto to something, Clive. Martin said, but why, Dorian, why would you just want to throw everything aside like that? A breath of fresh air, Alfred said. A what? A breath of fresh air. That's what this crisis is to him. You're asking the wrong question, Martin. I don't think he wants to throw everything aside. I don't think he's thought that far ahead. He just finds the lack of power and the element of the unknown titillating. He is not as attached to the social order as we are, so the idea of letting it go has a certain appeal to him. He's toying with the idea. That's what the past week has been about. Come on, man, don't go full machine on me, Dorian said. When have I said how great it is that there's no power? As if I just painted or built things out of some kind of I don't even know what. You haven't, and I didn't claim that. Alfred was remorseless. You are actually interested in the things you've been doing the past week. And you do believe you are aligning yourself with the universe, whatever that means. That much is evident and no one is disputing it. But you've been able to explore these interests of yours, painting, drums, poetry and so on, in a vacuum, as though there's no worries, no tomorrow, because as far as you're concerned, There might as well not be. Man, you're good at the whole sociology thing, Bruce said. I should take you on as a consultant when we get back online. You would familiarise yourself with our target audience in no time and our sales would go through the roof. What do you say? Now's not the time, Bruce, Clive said. This is a big deal what we're talking about. Oh come on, Dorian's just sniffing a little anarchy and exploring all these creative urges without his phone or his job to stop him. You and Alfred have it all sussed out. So, turning back to Alfred, what do you say? If our sales projections increase noticeably after we hire you, I'll even cut you in. Is everything about money to you, Bruce? Alfred asked. Of course, money is everything. Well, and power. I mean, not electricity power, I mean power power. Sure, it's fun to play the philosopher, pointing at Alfred, or the activist, Clive, or the artistic genius or nutjob or whatever he is, Dorian. But ultimately, we have to come back to the real world, the one where you have to make a living and fight to get ahead. And that's where I live. Not in some fairyland of a utopia. Looking at Clive. Or a heaven. Martin. Or whatever fantasy land Dorian calls home. So, Alfred, are you in? You don't have to commit to anything now. Just give me two days of your time. One to familiarise yourself with the business and the industry. And one to start working your magic. Alfred shook his head. Thank you for the offer, Bruce. Maybe I'll take you up on it. If the power comes back on, then we'll talk. But Clive's right. Now is not the time. Bruce clapped his hands together in energetic delight. That's my man! Clive also shook his head, but in disbelief. You're such a sceptic and so shallow. says the man who just helped the machine here. No offence, Alfred. Dissect Dorian's motives for what he's been quite happy doing the past six days. And as for Shallow, let me know in five years how far you get with your fancy doctorate in race relations. Race relations? What a joke. Clive rose, but Martin pulled him back down into his chair. Ignore him, Martin said. Yes, ignore him, Alfred said. He's just hiding the fact that he has nothing to say on this subject, behind a tough, man-of-the-world attitude. He is... Yeah, enough of that. You can dissect other people, not me. Do it to other people who actually buy into being introspective and analysing their feelings and chartered traumas and other bullshit. I'm fine, thanks. Wow, Clive said. Well, nothing. Let's change the subject, please. Alfred, we'll talk business when things return to normal. You really think they will, don't you? Martin asked. Of course I do. There is too much money to be made out there. Too many careers, too many ambitious people, too many vested interests for them not to figure out how to restore power. That's what you put your faith in? Martin asked. I wouldn't really use the word faith, but yes, I do. Now, can we move on? We've psychoanalyzed Dorian, Clive, and me. Can we put someone else under the microscope? Or, better yet, not put anyone under the microscope? So much negative energy. That's the second person who's had an outburst today, Dorian said. And don't you start up with that again. Bruce said. Don't tell us what to do. Martin said quietly. They will turn to him in surprise. If you don't want Alfred and the rest of us analysing your behaviour, fair enough. That's your prerogative. But you can't shut us down on anything else. Bruce opened his mouth in imminent rejoinder then thought better of it. Fine, sorry, I won't. But I'm not the only one who's been doing that today, or even the first, and you all know it. It's time we move on. Let's just sit silently a little, shall we? Suggested Chris. They did. With the exception of Chris, they had all been bruised in battle. Chris escaped unscathed only because he had stayed clear of the series of skirmishes altogether. After a few minutes of this, he spoke.